In the last episode of this show, Ewan Marshall told us what Brazil can teach the U.S. about holding elections. Besides making voting an easier process with election days on Sundays and free public transportation available, the Brazilian system is also 100% electronic and almost completely fraud-proof. And we know the full results of the election in just a couple of hours. But then came the 2020 election day in Brazil, and for a moment I feared we might have to issue a retraction. While it didn't affect the integrity of the results, Brazil's electoral court was hacked and also suffered a data breach. What's more, there were significant delays to the vote count, at least by Brazil's high standards. So for a few hours, voters in Sao Paulo felt like they were in Georgia. And while the rest of the country saw their results roll in, people in the biggest city south of Equator had less than half a percent of their ballots counted. After a tepid campaign, Election Day ended up being quite eventful. And this week, we will explain what happened. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Ewan Marshall, hello. Hi, Gustavo. So as Election Day unfolded in Brazil, I thought, man, the one thing we had going for us was our quick vote count and now that could be ruined too. Yeah, it was quite fitting really because after weeks of ribbing the US, something was bound to go wrong. But, well, at least we have our results now and some places in the US, they're still counting. Right. So for today's episode, before we talk about Election Day, I think we first need to jump back 10 days ago. Fill us in on what happened then. Well, Brazil's Superior Court of Justice, which is the second highest court in the land, it was hacked. As a matter of fact, this was the worst such attack against a national government network in Brazil's history and essentially shut down the court for a week, with justices unable to open their emails or access any records from over 250,000 active cases. Wow. Yeah, and it took the court's IT department around six hours to identify the attack and act on it. And by that time, the hackers had already sent a message in broken English saying that the data had been encrypted and was being held ransom. So how much was the ransom? Well, that's the thing, we don't know. And luckily for the court, it never came to that as they were able to retrieve their files through physical backups. Also, we don't know the extent of the damage. For example, it's unclear whether the hacker or hackers managed to access confidential information on the interested parties in lawsuits, which is a risk that information security consultants deem to be, quote, heightened. (laughs) Actually, there wasn't much transparency in the whole issue. I mean, which is, of course, a great ingredient for conspiracy theorists. Right, yeah, as with almost anything in Brazil. Do we at least know how the hacker or hackers got into the court system? The likely scenario is through the computer of someone who is working from home, as domestic connections are generally much less safer than corporate ones. Our tech reporter, Natalia Scalzareto, she talked to Wichini Melo, a senior information security analyst at FastHelp, which is a Brasilia-based information security company. He was saying that cybersecurity is not only about having powerful firewalls and antivirus software, because user literacy is a huge factor. 
said that 95% of hacker attacks are enabled by human error. And there were other hacks of government agencies, right? Yeah, so on the same day the court was hacked, other systems also suffered attacks, including the health ministry. And once again, we don't know whether it was part of a coordinated attack. Regardless, data reporting on COVID-19 cases and deaths has been compromised for two weeks now. And only now are things starting to kind of get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Now, the case raised red flags about Brazil's cybersecurity, which is an often overlooked deficiency of the country's public administration. Brazil ranks 70th on the United Nations Global Cybersecurity Index, and it's only the sixth best equipped Latin American country against hackers, and sits behind much poorer countries such as Paraguay. And that is not only a government problem though, right? No, companies are also known for being sloppy with the protection of their networks. 40% of Brazilian websites don't have SSL protocols, for example, which allow secure connections from a web server to a browser. Hmm, that's quite surprising. And what are our authorities doing to try and change this? Well, Luis Fuchs, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, he announced this week that a cybersecurity committee would be created within the National Council of Justice, which is essentially the watchdog of the country's judicial system. So a group of experts will monitor system vulnerabilities and discuss how to protect courts against attacks. And all this is coming as the Brazilian justice system is migrating to online servers. There was a bill approved in October to make all legal decisions 100% online instead of using physical documents. A classic case of closing the stable door after the horse has bolted. Exactly, and the problem is that this all undermines the trust people have in government systems. Which brings us to election day, but that's after a quick break. Hi, my name is Lucas Berti and I work at the Brazilian Report. Do you like the Explaining Brazil podcast? then please rate our show on whatever platform you may be listening to. And don't forget to share it with your friends and co-workers. Many people write us asking how they can support this show. The best way is by subscribing to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. You can enjoy a 7-day free trial and subscription plans start at only $3.90 per month. That's cheaper than drinking two lattes a month at Starbucks. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. We're back with Explaining Brazil. Now we move on to discuss the tech woes on election day this Sunday. And to do that, we welcome lawyer Marcelo Cargano, a data privacy expert at the Sao Paulo-based Abi Giovannini Law Firm. Marcelo, thanks for joining us. So what happened on Election Day? Because just last week we were here on Explaining Brazil, gloating about the Brazilian electoral system, saying results here come in just a matter of a couple of hours, not this time around, right? What happened uh, was a uh, specific DDoS, uh, what you call in English, uh, distributed denial of service attack. Uh, it's a kind of very malicious attack that normally target uh, websites, um, online services, 
and it's uh, uh, an attack that actually overwhelms the server with more traffic that that server can accommodate. I think that a very good metaphor to understand is kind of a subway system. And imagine a subway system that suddenly gets way more passengers that it can normally handle. So the services are actually slow to a crawl because the, the, the service cannot really handle that much increased traffic more than normal that you can actually handle. So this is what happened uh, on the day. Uh, we have to understand here that this was an attack that was trying to bring down our electoral uh, court of justice system. And this particular system does not involve uh, hijacking data, electoral data, or personal data in any way. It's an overloading of the system. It's not a, what you call a ransomware attack when actually you invade the system and you can encrypt the, the system, the target system files so that the person or the, the organization can no longer access its own files. This is not what happened in this day. Uh, and even if such an attack actually happened, uh, such an attack would not, uh, let's say, harm the integrity of our electoral system because the voting station, the voting machines, the voting booth themselves are not connected to the internet. Uh, this is not, for example, what happened in the United States, when, where, uh, of course, they have a different electoral system according to the state, but where you have voting machines in the United States, they tend to have actually a connection to the internet. That connection is used to send the signals to the whatever place uh, count the votes. This is not what happened in Brazil. The machines are not connected to the internet, and even if you had a ransomware attack, uh, it would not harm the election integrity. So what we happened here, first of all, was this DDoS attack uh, trying to overload, and actually I, I, it seems to me that overloaded the system for a while. Uh, so this is one of the issues that happened. Uh, another issue that happened is that we have a specific electoral justice system, and that system had a data leak. The data leak itself did not happen on the day of the election, but happened a few weeks earlier, but it was only uh, the, the hackers who did that only actually came into public and to talk about this attack on the day of the election. And in that case, it's not clear if we had actual personal data being leaked. Uh, what it seems is that it was an old database, uh, not of necessarily of voter data, but actually from uh, the electoral system's actual employees uh, it was a human resources, uh, per, a personal uh, data database that was leaked. Uh, so most of the information there were uh, out of date uh, anyway. Uh, this, this, uh, the people who hacked the system came forward and saying that they were trying to show that uh, the, our system has some issues. They claimed that was a firewall a breach that they could uh, take advantage to, and actually that that breach has not yet been been fixed. So technically, uh, the system is still vulnerable to further attacks. Well, investigators are saying this was an orchestrated attempt to discredit the electoral system altogether. Yes, that's what seems. Uh, again, we have to to always think that this election is happening in the shadow of the American election, and we have been what we're seeing there in the United States. Uh, from 
from the people and actually even from elected officials is that their voting system is not safe, it's not secure, it's not reliable. And uh, what happened, it, it's just, uh, it can happen voter fraud there. Uh, even even if uh, most of the authorities are are quite adamant that they're not any uh, proof of any actual, actual voter fraud in the United States, to have mostly a fringe group of uh, of elected officials and voters saying that happened uh, without any proof. Can we call this conspiracy theories about voter fraud fringe? Because, I mean, members of the Bolsonaro family were openly questioning the results. And I have to recall that Jair Bolsonaro, the president himself, has said that the 2018 election was defrauded. And that was an election he actually won. I think your, your question is very on point. Yes, when I use the word fringe, I am uh, mostly thinking on a system. Uh, most people that like on the very far right uh, or <laughs> you have the president uh, in one country and you have like members of the family of the president in another country claim that fraud happened. That definitely cannot be saying that only a few people in the United States and Brazil are claiming that fraud happened. You have actually very people in the House of Representatives in both countries saying that that happened. So definitely it's not a fringe movement. They may be on the fringe uh, spectrum, but definitely they're not fringe in numbers. And this is very dangerous for the the foundations of democracy itself, I believe, because if the voting system isn't fair, uh, if if people believe that their vote doesn't count, uh, democracy itself is at risk. And I think this is what we are seeing. This is the biggest risk that we're seeing uh, in democracies such as Brazil and the United States. And the thing that not only uh, the hacker themselves are advocating this position, but actually elected officials uh, are actually uh, further spreading this narrative, I think it's very worrisome for the state and the health of our democracies. There were also delays in the vote count. I mean, the bulk of the results came with a four-hour delay when compared to other elections. But authorities say this was actually due to a measure taken to enhance the protection of ballots because normally regional electoral courts would count the votes and then report the tallies to federal authorities. This time around, the process was made simpler. The count was centralized and one step was cut down. That's true. That's a third issue that happened. So normally, uh, just to quickly explain to perhaps listeners, uh, Brazil is a, is a federative state. So we have the, the federal government and the states and uh, also regional courts. So what normally would happen is that the, these regional courts they of, this, of the specific electoral system justice that you have, they would count the votes and they later report that. And this year, I believe for the first time, uh, the this system, this vote counting system was actually centralized, as you said, at the superior electoral court. And we are not actually sure of what happened. The first version uh, that was actually mentioned by the president of the electoral court system, uh, Luis Roberto Barroso, is that there was some kind of issues at the, the supercomputer that processed this this account, uh, this vote, this counting system. Uh, later, he actually came forward and he said that what happened is that this is a new uh, a new computer that's uh, actually 
was bought uh, for this election. And given the COVID pandemic, they, they could not do enough testing the machine uh, to actually proper run it before the, the election. So whatever the issue was, I think that's, uh, unfortunately, that's another issue that even though it's unrelated to the to those other, the DDoS attack and the, the leakage of some uh, human resources data that we're talking earlier, uh, it helps, I believe, to give this perception of an unfair voting system. Uh, I think it was this combination of different issues on the day that unfortunately created the, all this, this talk that we've been having since Sunday. So I'm not actually sure of what happened there. Uh, if the, uh, the, the idea uh, of centralizing the, the vote count was to ensure uh, more safety to the system and to also ensure uh, a faster, a more reliable voting system, I believe at least in this first try, that certainly didn't happen. But I don't believe those are, uh, those, are those issues if they had more time to use to test the machine, that wouldn't happen. I don't think that's uh, an issue specific to whether the vote is centralized, the vote counting centralized or not. Marcelo Cargano is a data privacy expert at the São Paulo-based Abi Giovannini Law Firm. This episode was produced by Natalis Causareto and Ariadne Musato. And if you like this podcast, please pass it along to friends and colleagues. And don't forget to check our website. Every day we have new content on Brazil and Latin America, and you can enjoy a seven-day free trial before giving any credit card information whatsoever. It's a risk-free trial, but we bet you will stick with us. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, and this is Explaining Brazil. Explaining Brazil.